Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 127. We are wrapping up our mini-series on men- what mentally strong people don't do. And today we've brought on Rocky. Rocky, thanks for being here. So glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this all week. And uh, I hope that I don't disappoint. Oh, you surely won't. I mean, yeah. you have a pretty big fan base. If you are a Sea Life member, everyone knows who Rocky That's is. That's true. I mean, every time you take the stage, they're like, Rocky, Rocky. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It, it's but embarrassing. hey, how many people get their name chanted? Mm. Uh, before we go too much further, Brooke is not here today. She is doing swell, but due to some scheduling issues, um, it's just me and Rocky today. So. We miss you, Brooke, and we know you're here in spirit cheering us on. All right, so Rocky, before you get started, can you tell people your current role, what you do a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Rocky, and I am the online campus pastor at Community Life Church, and so I am ubiquitous, which means that we are everywhere. So we were talking about this earlier. We, uh, I think in the United States, we're in 16 different states, 60 different cities, Um, We're just reaching as many people as possible by being in as many places as possible, just trying to help people connect with God and each other in meaningful ways. So that's what we're all about. Well, that's no easy feat, but you do a good job. Well, thank you. you. I really appreciate it. Okay. So again, Rocky has five ways that we can stay spiritually strong um, in the day-to-day life. If you haven't noticed, guys, life isn't always easy. Right. For sure. And so spiritual strength is is sometimes a difficult topic because we don't always know what it means to be spiritually strong. And we have all of these preconceived notions about um, this is what spiritual strength is. And oftentimes, not really, not really. Sometimes we think being spiritually strong just means that um, you are in total control of a situation. Uh, And so I thought it would be really important to kind of discuss what is the definition of spiritual strength? And so I just wrote, I just made up a little definition. This is not, this is just a, a little Rockyism. You're not going to find this anywhere. But I think that spiritual strength really is the fortitude to live your life in alignment with something greater. Um, and greater means a lot of things because it can be like obviously greater being, God. It can be, but that means greater, uh, greater with greater meaning. It means with greater purpose. It means with greater understanding, with greater wisdom, with greater hope with greater faith, and just being able to look at moment-to-moment life and say, there's something bigger happening here, and I'm going to align myself with whatever that is, even if I don't completely understand it, or even if I don't like it. Mm-hmm. This is 
this is something that I'm choosing to align myself with. And, and that's where we find the fortitude to do that really is kind of the, uh, the essence of what it means to be a spiritually strong person. I like that definition for a lot of reasons, but I especially like how it goes for every situation. You can't, I mean, you can try Enneagram sixes to plan for every situation and have plan A, B, C, or D, um, but some things are going to be unavoidable. You're going to find yourself in situations you either hope to never be in or never expected to be in. And so making that choice, which we talk a lot about, you can't control your circumstances, but making that choice and how you react during those times. So oh, for sure. That's and a great... That's, uh, man, that's the key, though. That's the key. <laughs> and you're exactly right. It's making the choice and having the presence of mind in that purpose to say, oh, yeah, this is, uh, this is the thing, and I'm, I'm committed to that fully. So, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so hit us with your first... Um, okay, and these are, these are in no particular order. They're, they're pretty rough, unedited. Um, but we'll walk through those together. So the first thing that spiritually strong people uh, do is that they refuse to glorify the past because the present is too hard or difficult or different than what they expected. So we spiritually strong people aren't looking to the past and say, oh, it was better then, just because they don't like what's happening right now. So spiritually strong people are present. They're in the moment. There's a lot of talk about mindfulness uh, around these days, but it just means that it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today, even if it's difficult, even if it's not wonderful, today I am choosing to be present in this moment. I'm not tagging out. Um, I'm going to be available. I'm going to be mindful. And I'm going to, again, align myself with whatever greater thing is happening right now. So we see this in Scripture all the time um, where there is... Uh, people who are looking back, and we see, like, Scripture says, uh, you know, don't look back, but, but keep looking forward. And we see uh, 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 the Lot's wife looking back to Sodom and turning into a pillar of salt. Mm -hmm. And you take that, like, you can take it literally, but even as a spiritual metaphor, God is always wanting us to move forward. We even see the uh, Israelites in the desert, um, and they're complaining to Moses, and they're saying, you brought us to this place to die, but at least when we were in Egypt, we had, you know, leeks and good vegetables. And they forget, yes, but you were also a slave. Yes, you I, know? and that's a good illustration, too. I think some people become a slave to what they've gone through in the past, and they let that determine their future, but for sure, or they use it as evidence, right? Like, oh, well, sure. I can't do this thing because history shows that I've done this and that. So I like that. Every day is a fresh start. Right. Let's move forward. Again, that aligns spiritually, yeah. um, believing in forgiveness and God's grace. So that is a great one. Yeah. So refusing, don't glorify the past, don't look back, keep moving forward. Second thing that I thought was uh, pretty, pretty poignant, again, these are in no order, um, spiritually strong people don't defend themselves or make excuses when they're confronted. Oh, but that's so hard. <laughs> I know, like this is the tough one, right? Yeah. And so when we think about um, the accuser's always going to come. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be someone who says, you hurt my feelings, um, you have a bad attitude, you're doing this thing and this thing. And we might just feel completely blindsided by that fact. And our initial instinct is to want to defend ourselves. And here's why this is dangerous. Because as people of faith, 
we believe that Jesus Christ died because we were imperfect. Um, and so what we have to do in those moments is we have to learn to rely on the grace of God. So what spiritually what is happening is if, if the enemy or whatever spiritual warfare thing is happening in that moment can get you to just defend yourself, then you are no longer relying on or living in the grace of God. Mm. And what happens is that that begins to eat away at you. You start dwelling on it, and you're thinking about it three days later. Yes. And, and, and it, it's slowly one of those things where, you know, Scripture says the thief comes to, to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he's stealing your joy, and he's stealing your peace, and he's stealing... When, when all you have to do is say, maybe you acknowledge, like, mentally, I don't remember doing that. That wasn't my intention. But what I do know is that I am a sinner saved by grace. And that this person that I love, who is my friend, or that I'm choosing to love in this moment, has come to me and said that I have hurt them. Mm -hmm. And that's meaningful. So rather than defend, I'm just going to rely on the grace of God. And I'm going to say, wow, I am so sorry that you're hurting. And I am so sorry that I hurt you. Let's talk about this. Let's work it out. And then when you, when you live under the grace of God, then your life starts producing Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But it's so hard because you want to feel like, defend yourself, you want to be understood, you want to be heard. Mm -hmm. But none of that is necessary. Mm -hmm. We convince ourselves that it's, that it's necessary in a defense mode, but really it's not. I'm going to spring a question on you. Yeah. I think some people struggle with when to take criticism. Right. And use that as an opportunity to grow or what criticism should kind of go in one ear and out the other. Right. Um, do you have any advice on discernment um, when it comes to like getting that um, confrontation, criticism, maybe like negative feedback? How yeah. do you decipher like I should sit with this a second or, you know, be humble, be graceful and let it go? Well, OK, so. There's a, there's a couple of things uh, that are very closely related in all of this. And the first is, like, know who you are. And God, remember, we're committed as, as, as spiritually strong people. We're committed to aligning ourselves with something greater. And so our identity and our value and our worth come from our creator, um, from that greater thing. So if your identity and your value and your worth are coming from yourself, from your family, from your identity as mom, from your identity as sister, mother, friend, if those are the things, then yes, you are going to be in shambles all the time. Mm. You're going to be like desperately seeking uh, approval and it's going to be day to day because all of us are just human and we're, we're thriving on emotions all the time and day to day, like we wake up tired and then that throws, and you know, and if your identity is coming from how a five-year-old feels about you in a moment when you're not, like, how can you live your life that way? Mm -hmm. so, so the number one thing is, like, we have to understand that the only thing that matters about us, one identity, not mother, not brother, not son, not father, not aunt, not uncle, not CEO, not whatever, the only thing that matters, child of God. That's it. 
And how does my father feel about me? Mm-hmm. Well, he loves me. He knows. He knows me. I'm known. That's huge. That's really huge. He knows me. Like the struggles. He knows my weakness. He knows all of those things. I don't have to hide from him. There's no pretense there. And when you, when you get to this place where you know who you are in Christ and you know yourself the way that God knows you, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if people come at you. You can sit there and, and say, someone can sit there and say, oh, well, you're a liar and you have attitude and you're a bad boss and you're a bad mother and you're a bad sister. And you can say, and I lean into the power of grace and I can work on those things because God is working inside of me, giving me the desire to do what is better. And instead of destroying you, like it can be a source of joy. Yes, I love that for uh, a couple of personal reasons. It gives the inner perfectionist um, some room to breathe. And two, I love the identity in Christ because whatever you are a slave to, like that's what you're idolizing and worshiping, whether it's your five-year-old or um, the followers on your social media sites. But if you're truly just as a people pleaser trying to please God first, yeah. then oftentimes the rest kind of falls into yeah, place. And, you know, and that's, the, that's the thing about grace is like grace says, grace says that it's okay. Grace says that I don't have to be perfect. Um, and when you, when you, when you learn to, to love yourself enough, love yourself like God loves yourself, and you start loving people like you love yourself, then this idea of grace, like, you're not offended. You're not offended when people are, are, are perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother you. Let me ask you this. So, okay, okay. You yes, this. shoot it back. How many kids do you have? Three. Three. Does it... Do you hate your kids when they, when the, calm down, do, do you hate your, do you hate your kids uh, when they are misbehaving? When they're not behaving in the way you think they should? No. No. You don't. Why? Because I love them. Because, because you love them. And, and when you feel that way about yourself, when you understand that love and that grace, um, it's true for you. You can still have peace and love when you are not behaving the way that you should and know that there can be correction there, but your standing does not change. Your value has not lost anything. Yeah, because I know, like, who they truly are. I know their heart. And so when they're having their moments, which we all do, I know that, you know, it's an outburst. It's caused by something. But at the end of the day, like, I love them, and I know truly who they are. And can can you, do you think... Like all of us, we have to learn to love ourselves the same way. You see, I, you know, it's so, it's so funny because what the scripture actually says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the, the prerequisite there is actually mm-hmm. that you love yourself first, mm-hmm. and then you love other people at least as well as you are loving yourself. And it's so easy for us to forget that. And so we walk around hating ourselves and then doing our best to love other people. And we find out that when we're in that place, that it's never enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's all full circle, right? Because yeah. um, I don't love myself because of how I might measure up to other people's expectations of me. But that's where it comes back to. But 
whose expectations are you trying to meet? So, For sure. you know, if you're putting God first and your identity there, well, you love God. So then in and of itself, you would find love for yourself. I've always thought about that. Love others as you love yourself. But what about the people that don't, <laughs> don't love themselves? So that's definitely food for thought today, guys. Um, start there. And I think you'll find it easier to love those around you. For sure. I- Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really difficult. It's really difficult to to love others when you start from a place of hate or mistrust or whatever. So So the third thing is, is that uh, spiritually strong people don't view lost people as their enemies. And so how would you define lost people? So, well, um, just anyone who is not where they, where we are in our faith journey, um, whether, you know, they believe differently than we do. They haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you and me as Christians. People who um, hate God, hate Christians, hate the church. Uh, people who just don't know, who have never been introduced. Um, people who are not uh, pursuing God in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it can look like a lot of different things. People that we disagree with politically, even. Uh, there are a lot of There are a lot of different ways where we can vilify people who are different than us. Um, But ultimately, as people of faith, you and me, we're both Christians. We both believe that Jesus is the Christ. Um, And for us, he tells us that, you know, go into all the world making disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, and then teaching them to do everything that is correct. So we have have this purpose, but nowhere in Scripture... uh, does it, does it tell us, like, oh, well, you should hate these people, you should vilify them, these people are your enemies, and actually, not, no, they're not your enemies, they're just uh, not as far along in their journey as you are. It would be, like, the, the spiritual equivalency would be, um, again, uh, just, just hating people who, you know, if you're a teacher, it would be hating your students for not knowing as much as you do. Or hating someone for having a different uh, a different experience or understanding than you do. Um, our goal as people of faith is not to is not to hate them, uh, but to love them and coach them spiritually, mm-hmm. to teach them, um, and and sometimes that means sharing the gospel and sharing scripture. Uh, but a lot of times it just means uh, wisdom and love and service um, and, and living out these truths that we believe because humans will all experience essentially the same things and we will respond differently because we're spiritually strong. And then people will be like, oh, how do I have that level of peace in this and this thing, and then you can say, "Oh well, you know, I was I did an interview with Rocky Hernandez one time, <laughs> and he said that I shouldn't look to the past. So maybe are you looking to the past too much?" Um, and then we we teach them little lessons along the way, uh, so that they too become spiritually strong people, and hopefully, also will will learn about Christ, mm-hmm. and and those things matter. So we don't ever want to to treat them like they're the enemy when they're God feels exactly the same about them as he does us. Mm. He doesn't love us more because we've accepted Jesus. And he doesn't love them less because they hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we struggle with that. And they're, they're not on a different team 
they're on the same team. They're on the same side. Uh, and they have the same need mm-hmm. uh, for, for hope and salvation and love and joy and all of those things um, because they were creating the image of God. Mm-hmm. This question might sound a bit redundant, but it, when people do have that, they've made this person or entity a villain in their lives, it's almost becomes obsessive and they, they place blame on it for everything in their life and they give it a lot of power and control over what they do in their day-to-day. So if someone finds themselves, we talk about taking your thoughts captive right. at the beginning of the spiral. Like you could probably play out how this thought process is going to go. So when that first thought comes to mind like, well, man, if it wasn't for so-and-so, or if this political party would just this, or, you know, maybe someone's been hurt by a church before. And so playing the victim or placing blame on an entity, what can they do to, in that moment, like, refrain or stop the firing thoughts? Oh, you're not going to like my answer. Well, that's why we interview people, because (laughs) we can't give them what they want. First, let me me acknowledge, your pain is real. Mm -hmm. Um... There are people who will take things from you. They will hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have experienced abuse, uh, abuse of power, if you've been manipulated, uh, if you grew up with uh, codependent parents, mentally ill parents, if you have depression and anxiety and you're suffering and you're hurting, I just want to acknowledge yes. and say um, I, I honor that. Mm-hmm. In you, and and I don't want to downplay that at all, mm-hmm. uh, because all of those things are real, and they are valid. To find freedom, to begin to find freedom, mm-hmm. the most difficult lesson that we all have to learn is to let go of expectation, mm-hmm. and we have to say, no one ever promised me that my life would be easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And as people of faith, we say, Christ says repeatedly, in this world you will have trouble. Um, And so so many times, like, we're hurting because we've been abused, because um, I was abused, um, and I had lots of anger towards my parents because I was a good person, I was a good kid, and I did not deserve to be beat. And I I, I remember just... Praying all the time. My parents were not people of faith. They were, uh, you know, they they were um, abusive drug addicts mm-hmm. uh, my entire childhood. Um, and I would be, like, my, my life cycle was um, abused, hospital, foster care, repeatedly. And it was like the, the 70s and 80s. And so there wasn't um, the same mechanisms in place to protect children now thank god for those things um so it was always go back into an abusive home situation start the cycle over again um you know and that creates like depression and anxiety and all of those things that i still i still work with on a on a daily basis like i'm cognizant of that reality um but first i have to let go of expectation that says and accept the fact that my life cannot and could not be any different than what it was Mm-hmm. that um, nobody owed me anything and mm-hmm. that my parents made some terrible choices and those things really affected me. Mm-hmm. And I have to accept 
that it happened. The second thing that has to happen is you have to go through the whole grieving process. Okay. Um, and, and, and a lot of people think that their anger is like a, a need for retribution. And actually it's not. It's actually one of the stages of grief. And what you're doing now that you are out of that situation and you're processing, maybe you're still in that situation, but you're going through this processing, trying to make sense of it. And that process is actually the process of grief. Okay. And so you're going to feel anger. You're going to feel denial. Like, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe this actually happened to me. There's going to be that cognizant dissonance that happens. There's going to be all of those, those things are going to happen, but you have to give yourself permission to grieve and to feel sad and to feel all of the things. Um, and then after you have, have gone through that whole process, then you begin to, um, find value in yourself and you have to say, well, now I have to learn new things Mm. because my life is different because I've lost this person, this, this person that was, was abused or, or manipulated or whatever, like that, that is the person who I was. That person um, is my past and I have grieved that past and now I have to learn to move on in a way that is healthy. Mm-hmm. And what we do is like, we don't want to go through the whole process. We want to start in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we never dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, does that answer your question? It absolutely does. Uh, yeah. And it kind of ties back into your first point about, you know, not letting your past uh, rule your future. But I definitely know that someone out there listening needed to hear those two things. Oh, and man, so we all need to hear those. Yeah. Things. I mean, whether you're I like to that you pointed out, even if you're living through it right now, um, yeah. that they're still very, very applicable. So yeah. thank you for sharing. Yeah. That. And, and just let me say, if you are living through this right now, if you are in an abusive situation or you are struggling with depression or or whatever, you know, this isn't on my list, but spiritually strong people don't live this life on their own. Mm-hmm. They ask for help. Yeah. Uh, so please ask for help. Um, if you need, you know, you can, you know, contact our church. You can text the phrase C Live Connect to 31996. Um, and we're happy to, like, help help you. Yeah. yeah. We talk about community a lot um, on the podcast, and I truly believe that the enemy doesn't want you to tell anybody. He doesn't want you to reach out, and the longer that you're isolated, the more he can just sink his oh, teeth yeah. into if you. You're, if you're by yourself, you're never going to get better. Like, you're weak. But mm-hmm. but when we're together, we're, we're strong. And wherever you are, if you're struggling, you probably feel really alone, and that's just the first lie. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. There are people here ready and willing to help. Yeah. So. And that's counterculture, right? Like this idea of you need to be able to take care of it on your own and solve your own problems because if you need help, then, oh, you must be weak. And so I think that's more contradictive to, again, God wanted us surrounded with believers and together in community. So. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Hit me with the fourth one. Okay. Uh, Number four. Again, no particular order. Uh, spiritually strong people are more focused on bearing fruit than they are keeping up appearances. Ooh. <laughs> Can we just get to number five? No, no, I don't, no, I don't no. want to hear what you have to say about yeah. this one. And, okay. Yeah, so, and this is, this is so key. Um, so we have this saying in the United States uh, where, or in English, we say, um, don't judge me by what I say, judge me by what I do. Mm-hmm. We say, 
don't talk the talk. Don't don't talk the talk. Walk the walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not spiritual, uh, because Christ says you will know them by their fruit. And let me explain what this means. Mm-hmm. So um, I can tell you. Uh, let's take me for example. I'm going to be very vulnerable here. Let's do it. And I know I know this is a podcast, but I am, you know, I am six feet tall, three hundred pounds. I'm a big boy. Right. And so I'm I'm very obsessed with this idea of health. Um, And so I talk about health stuff all the time. I've got my little Apple watch. And um, and so I talk about, oh, yeah, I'm you know, I'm doing Mediterranean diet stuff and like all the low carbs. You want to talk about keto? What is that? Zero dark 30 uh, hour, whatever diet, all that stuff. You could talk about all of that. Talk a good game, um, but then not do it. And people are like, well, you're talking good talk, but you need to walk the walk. And I'm saying, okay, well, I, I go to the gym. I walk, you know, I walk every day. I'm closing all my rings on my Apple Watch every day. I'm doing all of this stuff. Now, let me ask you a question. I've been doing this for five years. Um, I'm six feet tall, 300 pounds. How much do you think I really care about my health? Not at all. No. And that's the, see, those are the appearances. Okay, okay. If those are the appearances, and I can say, like, for me, like, if I really were focused on those things, um, my life would be bearing fruit. And then I would be, I would not just be having the appearance mm-hmm. of someone who goes to the gym and buys the, the cute little gym outfits or, or whatever. My life would actually be producing fruit in that direction. I think sometimes I confuse care with like how much time you allot to it. Right. But it not quantity, but maybe quality or fruit. Fruit. Okay. Let's get back to fruit. So, so we don't, we don't look at, we don't look at the things that we're doing to judge the quality of our spiritual walk or in our life. We, we know what you are based on the fruit that your life produces. Okay. So I'm not, don't look at my life. I can't look at my life and say, these are the things that family is important to me, but then not have a relationship with my family. Gotcha. I can, I can go to my kids play, but if I can't tell you things about my kid, family's Mm -hmm. not important to me. Okay. I'm just doing it for the appearances. Oh, it hurts so much. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like look at the fruit. Mm-hmm. Look at the fruit. What is your life producing? Mm-hmm. And, and Christ says, like, he will judge you, judge you by your fruit. We know that the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we would expect that a person would be producing those things in their life if, if, they're, if they're on a faith journey. Because fruit is, the, you can't fake fruit. Mm-mm. You cannot fake fruit. And like, you know, I, I work in, I've worked in churches since 1997. Um, and there are people who are so committed to doing all the work and they're in the building every time it's open and they're volunteering for everything and they have no peace mm. and they have no love and they have no joy and they're they're, they can quote scripture to your face. They're doing all of the things, mm-hmm. but they have no fruit. And so we don't concern ourselves 
with how we look, we're doing things to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't plan events to, to hang out with your kids uh, for the sake of them, you know, of having events to hang out with your kids. The purpose of those is is to develop intimacy and care and love and produce joy in them. Mm-hmm. Um it's not it's not for the photos, it's not for the fake memories, it's it's like it's for that purpose. And so we're not concerned about we make decisions that that aren't always gonna make sense to the world, but they're going to produce fruit in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's what we're trying. Like we we recognize that it's not about oh, well, Rocky's on that treadmill in the gym and, you know, I'm never going to go above a five, but I'm going to be a five on the treadmill for 30 minutes um, and then get no significant cardio help, mm-hmm. whatever. This is an example, but but it looks, he's doing it. Mm-hmm. He's doing it. Um, and then I could say, oh, well, I don't know really what's going on. Like, I do all the things. And I'm like, no, not really. You're not really committed to that. You you just don't want people confronting you or whatever. So that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. What What are your thoughts? About well, you kind of you tapped on it there at the end in your either experience therapy with people or through your own personal experience. What do you think is dis- the disconnect, the hurdle, the wall between they're taking the action, yeah, and they probably want the fruit. Um, but again, there's that disconnect. Is it, you know, self-image and that goes back to where's your identity? Is there a commitment or a, a fear or, you know, a defensive thing like not getting too close? Oh, um, man, you're not going to like my answer. I love it. Get some, you're going to get some emails. What's your email address? <laughs> this is what you email. Do not email it, me. It's Rocky. No. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, you're not going to like the answer. Um we lie to ourselves mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. We are so good at lying to ourselves all the time. You know, intention is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that you do something is everything. And we lie to ourselves. And, and girl. Okay. Say it. Yeah, Here come on. Go. This is why we, we have go. you. Yeah, bring Here it. We go. Bring it. 90% of us, that's a made-up number, I 90%, like it. 90% yeah. of us, mm-hmm. in my experience, don't know what we actually want. Mm. And so we pick something that we think has made somebody else happy, mm. and we pretend like that's the thing that we want. Dang. And then we're surprised <laughs> when we're not happy. Yep. Um, and there's the disconnect. You don't know what you want. You're going through motions. You have no intentions. You, you don't, you're not doing this thing because you know it will make you happy. You're doing this thing because you hope it will fill whatever emptiness that you have, which actually is my fifth and final thing coming right. into it. Bring it. Spiritually strong people trust God more than they fear suffering. I was just going to say, I feel like part of what you were just saying, it's that work. It's uh, being uncomfortable going through that process. But if I have a shortcut, I can skip the work. I can skip being uncomfortable or facing some demons I have to face. Yeah. So, yeah, expand on that last point a little bit. And, and I think I think that we, like God has a different perspective on suffering than we do. Like we're very offended by this idea of suffering. We just want to be comfortable and fat and happy. And I'm like, why? 
why? Life is so short compared to the eternity that I am stepping into. Why is it so important for me to be comfortable for such a short period of time? Mm -hmm. um, if I trust that God has a purpose and a plan for me, if I trust that God has a vision for my life, that he created me, um, I don't want to be fearful to lean into that. Mm -hmm. I, want, I want to accept that, and I want to thrive in that. And so if you're big, this is my big example. If you're baking a chocolate cake, like you get all the ingredients out. Uh, and you, you know, you got your cocoa, your eggs, and your, your things like that. And, and it's the same for us. Like God creates us. Um, and I'm getting all of the ingredients out. So God chooses all of those things for you. And he says, this is who you are. Because this is how you make this person. You mix it up. And then do you have a cake yet? No. You don't have a cake till you put it in the fire. Yeah. So all of those things um, are part of the process, the part of the becoming. Mm -hmm. This vision, this incredible vision that God is creating in you, this image of who he is that only you can share with the world. Because God is so big that it takes 8 billion people to express his image. And you uniquely part of that so he needs you to be you and that means all the ingredients and the fire mm -hmm. to get the perfect recipe done um, and it's all part of the becoming and mm -hmm. you learn what you're made of and you learn what your God is made of and you see the elegance and the beauty and the purpose of the plan and you again back to our definition you're committed to a greater process mm -hmm. Um, and God does not fear that because he sees, he sees its necessity. Mm -hmm. He knows that your struggle makes you smarter, it makes you stronger, that you will learn more about yourself in those moments, and that they are so, that they are so temporal and they don't last forever, um, and that you're going to be okay, ultimately. Yeah. Not, nothing, there's nothing in this life that, that is going to be thrown at you, that is outside of God's purview, that is outside his intention, that is outside his plan, even if it's terrible. Yeah. Um, or that will destroy you. Yeah. I definitely think people avoid discomfort for that last part. Like, but what if I don't come out the other side a glorious baked cake? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. And that's a, that's a real part of it. Yeah. But um, we're called to obey and trust, so... Well, Rocky, before we sign off, is there any closing thought you'd like to leave our audience with, either one takeaway or one final thought to summarize, and you can have as much think time as you'd like? Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I've, I've talked so much during this. I, I, I would say the same thing that, that, like, Scripture tells us all the time. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid. Um, be brave. Be brave. Like, that's the key. Be brave to be brave. Have the courage to be honest. Uh, have the courage to confront your own mess. Have the courage to trust God. Have the courage to be broken. Have the courage to be sad. Have the courage to be angry. And, and do it without judgment. And do it with purpose. Mm. 
Very good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Guys, uh, for real though, aside from the angry emails, if they want to get in contact with you, they're going through stuff, they want to make that reach out to get help or just to learn more about the church, where can they find you? Well, I mean, we're all over the social medias. We're on uh, Community Life Church on Facebook, Community Life Church on Instagram. Uh, You know, you can watch all of our sermons on YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff is, is very useful. Whatever you comment, like, I will see it. But you can also <laughs> just email me directly, rhernandez at clifec.com. That's C as in cat, not C as in S-E-A. We're not the Ocean Church. We're Community Life Church. Sea yes. Life Church. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. Thank you so much. We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.